Hello guys and welcome back to another installment of Galley Stories, Stories of the Bering Sea and Beyond. I am your host, Mark Kaler. And today with us we have the Chief Engineer on the fishing vessel Gladiator, uh, Mr. Brandon Kellogg. Brandon, how are you today? I'm doing good. Good, good. Thanks for taking the time to sit down and talk to us today. You're welcome. Uh, so, so a little background, Brandon has not listened to any of our podcasts, not only any of our podcasts, but he's never listened to a podcast. So uh, maybe once his is up, he'll... He might at least take a listen to that one, but anyway, Brandon, uh, so uh, give us a little background. Where were you born, and, and how were you raised? Uh, I was born in uh, Linwood, Washington, and raised by my mom and dad. So what kind of environment normal. was your parents? I mean, were they in the marine industry? or No, they weren't in the marine industry. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, and my dad, uh, he ran printing presses. Uh, I got into the marine industry from my friend Casey McManus yeah McManus okay. so we were friend. we've been friends since we were about five years old so I was kind of so he was already fishing when he was or at least going out with his dad when he was pretty young yeah were you uh, involved that every, in any of that no and, I never did it until after uh, high school okay nice. but was he telling you all the summer stories and that kind of stuff kind of I don't really I never really paid much attention to it when I was a kid I knew he would go up there and he'd come home and get a new bike for his efforts <laughs> it's, it's funny you say the new bike because uh, he talked a lot about that on his podcast that yeah. that was his uh his payment yeah that was his, payment. Was his new schwinn and then he found out how much his dad was making and he's like oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so then uh just a normal childhood up to high school and then how did how was that initial contact and what brought you to alaska well i started working in the shipyard down here in ballard just as a delivery driver so I did that for about two years, just driving around and just wasn't really making that much money doing it. And I knew about fishing and how much those guys were making. So I talked with uh, Jim McManus and said I wanted to go fishing. So they put me on a tendering boat and I went up to Alaska on the Royal Viking. The RV? Yeah. How long, what year was that? That was uh, 2004. And she was she was not a crabber at that time then, right? She was just tendering, or was she still no, crabbing? No, it was a crabber still. Okay. That was pretty close to the end, getting close to when they rationalized king crab. So it was still a crabber. And I worked on there with Casey McManus and my other friend Brady Bliss. We've all been friends since kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So Who was captaining that boat then? Harold. Big Harold. Yep, Big Harold. Yeah. So uh, Casey was chiefing? Yeah, Casey was chiefing, Harold was running the boat, and then there was another guy named Alvin on there with us too. So what was your initial experience? You guys went to the bay? Yeah, we went up to Bristol Bay, and then that was only for a couple weeks, and then we went off to southeast Alaska and spent the rest of the summer there. Mm -hmm. Good place so, to be. Yeah, it was. It was really nice. What did, what did you experience? I mean, did you get any fishing time in yourself and not doing that we were pretty busy tendering it was we didn't really have a whole lot to go fishing or anything we'd get to go swimming every once in a while jump off the boat mm -hmm. but other than that we were pretty busy as far as i remember anyways so how long that was a long time long, ago how long did you do that for i just did it that one time and then after that i started i uh came back up for king crab season on the gladiator back when it used to crab 
and then I started bouncing around on all the different boats, whatever job I could get. Yeah. All within Trident? Yeah, all within Trident. You know, I did government charter. I did some pot cod on the Far West Leader. Um, you know, charter on the Gladiator and charter on the Aldebaran. Just kind of hopping around, getting all Just, the experience you could get. And yep, hopping around, doing whatever I That's kind of what where Casey was going, too. Were you yeah. kind of running with him the whole time? or No, I only worked with him that one time on the Royal Viking. Okay. So... Any, any good Big Herald stories from that first time you were up there? Uh, oh, we hit a barge one time. <laughs> what? <laughs> was it moving? Uh, I don't know. It was really foggy. We were right out in front of Ketchikan. And we would forgot to pull our skiff in from the night before. And we had to take off. It was like 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we forgot to bring in our skiff. And we go to the stern, and it was gone. So either we didn't tie it up or somebody had stolen it. Right. So we were just kind of zigzagging in the channel there right out in front of Ketchikan. Trying to find your skiff? Trying to find the skiff, and then all of a sudden, oh, there's a barge. <laughs> <laughs> Any damage or just kind of? Uh, we just dented up the bow a little bit. A little nose rub? Yeah. Okay. So bouncing around, and uh, we, obviously you were just and working on the deck. actually the Coast Guard oh. found the skiff that next day someone had taken it okay so it was beach somewhere no it was at someone's house oh gosh like at on that lived on the water they found it like and the guy he said he just found it floating i mean he could have yeah but well he would have had to have a skip to get out to your skip right yeah well he said he was out and he saw it floating around like just kind of drifting off so he grabbed it and took it home okay so you hopped around from boat to boat for how many how many years is that? Because you eventually locked down your permanent yeah, position. Yeah, I did that for probably about two years. Get a good, good amount of experience. Yeah. And in that really time, did. you did pot cod, you did king crab. Yeah. And the tendered and did charter, and I worked on. I made a couple of Pollock trips on the Pacific Viking. I did one on the Columbia. I don't think I did any others, and then I. I was on the Far West Leader. I did pot cod that winter in 2006. And then after that, they were getting ready to go home because the ice had come down over the Opie grounds. And instead of going home, a spot opened up on the Gladiator. And I went over there, and I've been on the Gladiator ever since. And you at some point made your way to the engine room. Yeah. You're their chief. How, how, how did that progress go? It just kind of happened. Uh, our engineer left to go run another boat, so we did. And by then, I was I'd been on the boat the longest because we went through a few crew members, and I was given the choice to either be the mate or the engineer, and I wanted to do the engine room. Went so, down instead of up. Yep. Prefer it down there. Yeah, I like it down there. Do my own thing. Yeah. Work by myself. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Kind of nice. Tear stuff apart, put it back together. Yeah. Now, uh, is that a licensed boat? No, it's not a licensed not. boat. Okay. So I've never tried to pursue that. Never got the documents yet? No. Mm-hmm. Not until I have to. Right. <laughs> and so you've been on there now 12 years. Yep. So 12 years uh, tendering, or I'm sorry, 12 years on the Gladiator, Pollock fishing. And she was done crabbing when you jumped over? Or? Yeah, I think the last year for crabbing on those boats was 2005. Okay. So... so 
12 years on there, two years jumping boats, yeah. gaining that experience, and then one summer of tendering. Yeah. That's still, you're 36 years old today, so that's still a lot of time yeah. uh, of your adult life, all of your adult life, really. Almost all of it. I was 21. Uh, being up there. Do you remember a time, or let's go Let's go to the first time <laughs> that you were you were really scared. So, mm. You know, the, the, the first time you can recall thinking, oh, this isn't good. That was when we were crabbing. We were done. We were on our way in, and the weather was really crappy. And we just hit a big wave. It was, I was laying in bu- my bunk, and all of a sudden I was weightless, free-falling down, and we hit the bottom of the wave, and it just it sounded like an explosion had went off. It was it, We hit so hard. And I just remember laying there in bed. My heart was just pounding. I was like, what the hell was that? It was the first time I'd been out in shitty weather. Did you jump up and try to find your survival suit? <laughs> no, I just laid there. I was like, oh, if anything's wrong, someone's going to yell or something. And nobody got up. And I heard whoever was up on watch backed off on the throttle. So we just started going slower. Which boat was that on? That was on the Gladiator. Now, was she big enough to get that reverberating when you come down on a wave like yeah. that? Did she get that vibrating? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's scary. So, okay, so that's the first What's the most? The most scared. We, uh, was it 2015? We hit a rock. We were in Prince William Sound. Yeah. That was the scariest. We, uh, it was probably around 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. I just texted my wife saying I was going to go to bed. Everything's good. Everything was good. We were getting ready to go Drop some freight off to another boat. And I just said goodnight. Just put my phone down. Shut my TV off. And oh boy. I almost got thrown out of bed on that one. It was loud. Banging. I thought we I thought we hit another boat. Because I knew we were going to deliver some stuff. And I thought maybe the, he'd lost control or something. And couldn't back down. And just T-bone somebody. But nope. We hit a rock, and I just heard him holler from upstairs, somebody needs to go check the engine room. So I threw my shoes on really quick, and by the time I got down in the engine room, the floorboards were underwater. And that's, how much room do you got below the floorboards to uh, get to the hull? Uh, five, six feet. So you already got six feet of water in there. Yeah. It was so we got a hole. Yeah, where's a really big hole. And actually, as far as all the damage goes, the holes that got into the engine room probably wouldn't be much bigger than like a shoebox lid. But most of the damage went into void tanks or the shit tank. And they were sealed. Yeah, so okay. they didn't actually get into the boat. So, yeah, to get I got our bil- both our bilge pumps going, our emergency six-inch pumps going, and we have that three-inch emergency diesel-powered pump. We had that going, and none of it was doing any good. And we had we actually got another emergency pump delivered to us. We had the Southern Winds pump brought over to us on a Saner's skiff because they were offloading somebody at the time. And, and they said, hey, run this Ed over. was on the radio with him, and like, I need your pump. So they threw it on that skiff, and they... Those, those pumps are built us. for serious business. Yeah, and they pump I, a lot of water. They do. It's a three-inch hose. Yeah, it's three-inch. Do we know how many gallons a 
I mean, it's, it's got to be a tremendous amount. It's a lot. Yeah. So, but once we got that second one going, the water level finally started to come down. Started to, okay. So yeah. the, the, the amount of pumps you had going initially, it was at least keeping it level? Uh, we were still losing ground. How high did it get? Uh, it was like halfway up my shin, probably, walking around on the engine room floorboards. So that's that's another really, foot yeah. above the, the floorboards, and, and then, then it was six, up to six the, feet below it, that. It was up to the engines, and okay. our main engine... You know, it's it's that engine spinning was flinging water all over everything, all over the engine. All the electronics were sparking, and what was going through your mind? We're gonna sink. <laughs> well, yeah, you feel the bump. I mean, you you're immediately downstairs, and there's already yeah. five or six feet of water in the boat. Yeah, I thought we were going down. I was like, I'm gonna go get all these pumps going, and I have not. I don't have high hopes for this. <laughs> I'm going to get all these pumps going, and then I'm going to go back upstairs and start grabbing my stuff to get off the boat. <laughs> right. So. How I many guess, crew members were on board? Uh, it was five of us, I think. Yeah. Maybe six. Well, you were down there with eyes on everything, though. How did how was your skipper reacting? Because he can't see it all, right? He was up in the wheelhouse. I don't know how he was. He, was on the, he did great. He was on the radio. He got a hold of another boat to get, our, get us a second pump coming, and... That whole area around there, there's no real beaches. It's all steep cliffs. And there was one little beach in there that, you know, when he was asking about it, the other captain, Jeff Boddington, knew about. He's like, go up in there where this other boat's at. There's a flat spot in there. So that's what we did. Because originally, he tried to turn around, and he was just going to land us back on that rock that we hit. Because, you know, it was submerged probably 12 feet. You can't see it. wasn't it. visible. Yeah. No, not yeah. visible. So he was going to try to just put us back on that, but when he found out there was, it was like two and a half miles away. So you just started going. So we just put her to the coals and there we went. And he Before we got to the beach, we got the other pump and hollered upstairs. We're finally gaining ground on it. So he slowed down and didn't actually drive it up. Pushing the, the water, beach. yeah. yeah. We, he just stopped. Essentially, he's using the beach to, to plug the holes. Basically, we didn't actually run aground ever afterwards. Uh -huh. We just he just kind of pulled up into that little bay and just let it let it stayed there. So like if anything did happen, he could drive up on it, or there was not See, very I, much I, not very much water underneath us anymore. That even I, if we I pictured did, him cowboying it up onto that beach just to well, plug those holes. He was, he was gonna do that until yeah. he found out we were gaining ground on it. Okay. So once he found out we were gaining ground on it, we just went up in there and hovered with so like if even if we did sink you're just gonna sink a couple feet yeah we we're going down a couple feet and then yeah. the tide was gonna come way out anyways so the danger the danger was getting getting away at that point yeah by then we were we were good to go how were the safe. other guys in the boat reacting i mean obviously everybody you had everybody was fine everybody you had just, your hands full we you know we trained for this stuff so everybody oh. nobody panicked just actually went really smooth as far as that all goes the result of training, right? Yeah, I think so. You know, we all knew what to do, what needed to be done. So, it was just... Sounds like everybody reacted the right way. Yeah, nobody lost their cool. Everything went good. So... Then, oh, go ahead. A salvage company actually happened to be driving by with another boat towing in that had hit a rock. That they had patched up and we were, they were towing it to Seward and they were just happened to be driving by when all this happened. 
So they came in and helped us out. Uh, they had a couple extra pumps to help dry out some of the other little areas so we could start patching up some of the holes. Mm-hmm. How do you patch those holes when you're... Well, uh, take a whole bunch of little wooden wedges, wrap them with Denzel tape. Uh, we took some... We cut up a spare survival suit, wedged it into some of the holes. Uh, they had a diver. We put a lot of foam into the holes and splash zone. And, uh, there was one they just actually, there was a rock still in there. He just left it in there and put stuff all around it. I was going to say kitchen sink. It sounds yeah, like he's trying to plug it Anything that. that could go in there mm-hmm. to plug it up. So, you know, and they, pe- and then, uh, Harley, he, uh, had a seaplane fly out to us. And they brought us like 40 some odd bags of concrete. So we used concrete to patch some of the holes too. Wow. Wow. So. So immediate shipyard after that. Yeah. we They got us patched up. Everything was still leaking, but very slowly to where it could keep up with like a little one inch submersible pump. Mm-hmm. And then we had to go, uh, it was 60 to 80 miles, I can't remember, to get to Seward. So, were, you, were you sitting down there just watching it the whole time? No, I by then because that was like two days to get everything patched up. Mm-hmm. It was dead. Right. So I I slept, and anytime the bilge alarm would go off because we wouldn't keep the submersible pump running the whole time, just turn it off and wait till the bilge alarm went off, turn it back on, and it would pump it right back out. But right. I did not sleep through that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, what about uh, some good times? Obviously, you've had a couple scary times. <laughs> oh, it's pretty much always good times on there. Everybody gets along. We've got a good crew. Everybody jokes. You know, just, it's not, fun. Not a lot of turnover on there. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember talking to uh, one of your crew members shortly after that incident. and uh, And I just thought, you know, everybody had to be just scared, you know. And he said, uh, his words, uh, I, I think that Eddie handled it better than anybody else would have. Mm-hmm. That it was just... He, I've heard that from a lot of people. Yeah, that he just handled it the right way. Because yeah. some guys would just immediately, it'd be that much water, we're, we're getting survival suits, let's go. Yeah. You know, or, 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 or that. I've heard several captains say that, like, I would have lost it. Yeah. That's got to be just a, you know, so terrifying was, experience, you know. It was different. <laughs> you got now. You got to have more than a, oh, we have a really good time. There's got to be some particular I times when you, when you've really had think a. About any of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's hard. I'm not good at coming up with none of those. None of those one time in band camp stories. No, I don't have any of those. None nope. that I can think of off the top of my head, anyways. Mm-hmm. Storyteller. <laughs> well, any kids? No, no kids yet. Mm-hmm. Working on it. Working on it. That's the yeah. best. That's the funnest part about yeah, having the kids. Part. <laughs> do you do you see your kids when they come along? Do you see them pursuing a career like you have? Uh, I would hope not. Really? <laughs> I don't know. If they came up with me, maybe. Uh-huh. So. Do you uh, see yourself staying in the injury? No, eventually want to be a captain. Okay. Not too much longer. Do you ever regret the choice of going down instead of up? No, because what I heard was that's the fastest way to get to the 
to the wheelhouse. wheelhouse on these boats. You got. They're not gonna let somebody run the boat if they don't know the engine room. Most of our captains came from the engine room. Yeah. So. And there's something about a captain. Is, well, you know, I see you guys <clears throat> majority of the time in shipyard, not not up north. Well, all the time in shipyard. And there's something about a captain that knows his boat so well. Yeah. You know, uh, he knows what pumps he needs, or he knows mm -hmm. what size pump he needs. He knows the RPMs on them. You know, the guys that come from those engine rooms know that stuff. Yeah. And something can be said about knowing your boat better than your chief engineer does. Yeah. You know? Well, I still ask the captain a lot of questions. He knows a lot more than I do still. <laughs> He's got a better memory, too. Yeah? <laughs> Sometimes I can't remember what I had for breakfast. Where do you see yourself in five years? Are you going to be in the wheelhouse then? Uh, no, I'll probably still be in the engine room. Still on the Gladiator, though? Yeah. I don't plan on leaving that boat anytime soon. Mm -hmm. so. Well, you spend, what, just eight months out of the year on it? Six or seven months six out of the year? Six seven months. Like that. This was kind of a shorter year. Got home. Uh, it's the first time we've been home in September since I've been on there. Early, yeah. How long have you been married? Yeah, I just got married in May. May 12th. Yeah, I saw that on Facebook, but I gotta act like I don't know anything about you here then. <laughs> <laughs> so we went over to Hawaii and got married. How is she handling the, the time away? And She does good. She doesn't like it, but she deals with it. I think she does a very good job of handling it. and. Since we have internet on the boat now, we can at least communicate a lot yeah. more. So, yeah, that, Got makes, that, that helps make mm -hmm. it a little easier. So, just married in May, so you're still on that honeymoon phase where you're, yeah, she's texting you pictures and stuff, and it's <laughs> taking you 15 minutes to download it. You're yep. a happy man when you get it, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> very cool, very cool. Yeah. You guys ever have karaoke night on that boat? No, no, you, know, boat, you know, the boat that does is the Arcturus. Really? Really? Rob Cordes. He's got a karaoke machine. I knew he had a you karaoke can, machine, but I didn't know you he had can, a karaoke You can walk night. in there and find the guys all huddled in Rob's oh rooms. I think Rob might be the only one that sings, but boy, <laughs> he gets it going. Every boat's got its little uh, nick like that. You know, like the Northern Patriot, they're cribbage. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're, they are. I've played cribbage over there before. I heard you lose a lot of money when you walk on that boat. I never play for money. No? I won't play for money. Do you guys have anything like that? No, We're not just, really. We're just kind of... Just, we're chill, kind of fly under the radar. If you want to come over and hang out, you can come over and hang out. But Just there to kill fish? All we're doing, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Keep the boat running and catch fish. That's what that's what you're paid to do, right? That's right. So uh, what, what do you see for young guys getting in the industry? How do you see an avenue for them to try to come in? How? Yeah. I, probably coming up through the trainee program, I guess. It's something that Trident's been doing lately. It, feel like it's been working okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I see a few of those guys around every once in a while. But I don't know. It's kind of basically the way I came up through, but that, they didn't have a trainee program back then, you know. Start you out on the tender boat, and then you kind of go from there. Mm -hmm. Tendering's, I, I always thought tendering was great. Yeah. Right? It's summertime, great weather. It's easy work, and... It gives you boat experience. You need to know your way around being on a boat, mm -hmm. you know. And then, as far as being on a trawler goes, that it's, it takes time to learn everything. I mean, I still learn mending nets and it's you know fixing those midwater nets. Is, it's a chore, mm -hmm. you know. And I've been doing it for a long time, and there's still a lot of stuff I don't know about them. So, just get stumped every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. 
That's with any profession, really, right? No. You just gotta. But if you keep learning, yeah. Have you uh, have you spent any? Well, obviously you do wheel watches, right? Yeah, I drive. I tow at night too. Yeah. Sometimes, because our uh, guy that's the mate and alternate captain, he's gone for usually the first half of the summer. So he does. You know, he's a farmer, so he does hay mm -hmm. at home for the summer, and then I'll, I'll be up and I'll tow at night. Essentially, so, the co-captain. Yeah. 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 Is that a good experience? You learn it. We yeah, obviously. I mean, I've been doing that, you know, for the last ten years too. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, how about pursuing that captain's license? Uh, you don't even need a license on my boat. I'm saying you need one. Are you? Have you thought about pursuing it? No, I never no. thought about <laughs> going after any. I don't want to go after anything until I have to. Not until I have to. I mean, there's it's to me it's like a waste of time and money I've done some little like navigation classes and stuff just to learn some stuff but going after the whole license and stuff, we're not a licensed boat and you don't need it I'm not gonna yeah because you gotta stay on top of it and keep renewing it and it's just not been something that and you're really you're, you're quite happy on the boat you're on yeah I don't, and you, you see yourself moving in that wheelhouse right yeah so yeah well 10 years of night towing will get that for you someday yeah, I who's got, who's mating on there? Uh, his name's uh, Gary Minkoff. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and he'll engineer when I'm not there, and he runs the boat when Ed wants to go home. Mm -hmm. so. I, does Ed do that very often? He's a fishy guy. He's starting to get to the point where he wants to take a little bit of time off here and there, or you know, family emergency. Yeah, I know he came home thing. a little bit this last. Was it this and last then, season or the season before? They uh, run together the a couple of seasons. He's got had to go home, you know. Deaths in the family, so mm -hmm. has been good. Yeah. You know, last summer he went home, and I actually got to run the boat fine for once. I got to run it for tendering. We were hauling fish around from Kodiak, Sand Sandpoint to Kodiak. And you were the highest ranking guy on the boat. Yeah, yeah we just needed somebody. So. That was fun. There you went. It wasn't much. Were it was you just driving you, around. Yeah, but were you nervous <laughs> at all without having someone that's, you know... A little bit. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd parked the boat a couple of times, but I'd never done it by myself. <laughs> and then and then uh, when you're tendering, so, were you guys... Were you guys rolling tendering, or were you on anchor taking fish? Mostly on anchor. Mostly on anchor. Yeah. Okay. Being Prince William Sound. So you were the dock. Yeah. In, yeah. So, Still kind of a cool experience. Yeah, it was fun. But then... You got that captain hat on, so it's a little more weight on you, right? When you're responsible for everybody. I was, well, and I was pulling double duty because I was still doing my job. Oh, right. Engineering. <laughs> Let me go down and change the oil, and <laughs> then I'm gonna drive so, this son of a bitch somewhere. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So, what do you do in your off time? Hang out with my wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I see you jetting to Hawaii every once in a while. On vacations, probably go on one vacation every year at least. Mm -hmm. Try to. You know, if I'm around when there's snow, I like to go snowmobiling. If I get time, I'll go ride my dirt bike around with my friends. But I have a little jet boat that I don't ever take out anymore. Where's that at? <laughs> it's at my house. Oh, okay. Sitting in the driveway with the tarp over it. Nice. I think I've used it in over a year now. Isn't that the thing about a boat? In fact, we were talking about it before we started recording. Is yeah. you buy this boat, and like the first year, you're beating the hell out of it, yeah. right? And then pretty soon, it's a it's a lawn fixture. Yep. So I just try to find the time to go out, and it's, 
During the week, I'm by myself. I don't want to go out by myself. Well, and then every your wife works, right? Yeah, so. she's a physical therapist. Okay. Well, good. Then you probably got insurance through her. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's a uh, filling that time. Yeah. It, you're up there working all the time, then you're back, and you're just trying to cram stuff in. But now, every three years, you got to come back and do yeah. shipyard. So you actually have the benefit of uh, driving home every night. Yeah. Right? But Some of the guys on the boat, they have to stay there because they live out of state. Yep. So, like, Captain, he lives down in Oregon. So he'll go home on the weekends. So you're essentially losing all of that time. Yeah. So for those guys, they really lose it. But we'll get them, they'll get, like, a couple weeks off here and there. And then you're right back to fishing. And then it's, well, we'll come back to the shipyard and do some work. Yeah, you'll do shipyard from now, which we're, we're September, late September. Yeah, all the way until we go back. January 1st or, you know, unless we can get everything done. And then just uh, park it and, and then we'll just take that vacation. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the way it's been going so far, it seems like things are going to go pretty quick, hopefully. We got, a, we got a pretty fast shipyard in the sense that there's only going to be three boats down here, right? Two two draggers. Yeah, and then the Royal Vikings here, too. Yep. So. And so you're getting a lot more attention yeah. than you generally would with well, five and boats. And the Columbia's down here. not even here yet, so it's basically just us. Mm-hmm. So everybody just jumped on and really surprised at how quick things started happening today. Well, the Royal Viking, the, the, there's only one crew member there right now, so they all went home, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, and we're not planning to hit them hard, so you guys are getting all that, yeah, all that attention. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's just it, you know. Um, and, and guys, we're just I'm trying to get into talk a little more, but Brandon <laughs> is a, not the most talkative I'm not a guy. Talkative person. This is probably the the most I've had to, uh, had to talk. Yeah. In one of these podcasts, but it's good stuff though. Yeah. Um. So generally, when you're in shipyard and you've got five other boats. It's, it's always at the end when you're trying to get those guys to yeah. come on and help and help. and So well, there's usually like three or four other boats at least. Yep. So they got to split it up. and So to be the one getting all the attention. Just, and everybody kinda... thinks theirs is the most important. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we catch more fish. We need to be going. Sure, we we got to be gone. Well, so do they. <laughs> so do they. So do they. That's just it. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> thinks they got it. Yep. Yep. They're the, they're the one. Not any more important than the other boat. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, besides the, so it's going to be you two, the Columbia and the Gladiator. There's also four tenders down here. Yeah. And those come but home. They're always home. You got to park them somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, leave them in Alaska. That costs money. It costs money to bring them down, down here well they're too. they're on their same rotation i mean they got yeah. you know there's a there's 20 Every other f- boat parks up there and we're just talking about our uh, <laughs> uh our fleet right now there's 20 boats in our fleet yeah and there's there's uh 12 in the tender fleet yeah so that's 32 boats and they all got to have a rotation for coming down to this yard that yard handles all yeah all 32 of those boats so that's a lot of boats it, for one little shipyard i tell you try buying for them but um <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Brandon, is there anything you want to share with us? Have you thought of any funny stories, or <laughs> I haven't thought? It's gonna hard. It's gonna be hard to peel nine more minutes out of you. Oh here. Jesus! <laughs> oh man! We can call her a short one. We can okay. call her a short one. Do you Do you have anything you want to share, though? Not that I can think nope. of. No, you know I got yeah, nothing I, I want to share. Not a good. I'm not a good bullshitter. 
not good at telling stories. No, you not. know, you, you've had some unique ones though. Uh, that hitting that rock. Yeah, I, mean, I think that was a big one. That was something that not very many people have got to deal with, or want or to want, want to deal with. Yeah, nobody. Here, I was trying to get the emotions out of you, and you're it like, it was scary. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, but it was. You know, it Train. happened so fast that sure. I don't know. You just either either you're gonna freak out or you're not, and it just kind of it just nobody freaked out. So. Was it was it scarier after the fact? When you're when you're looking back at it, and after you think about it more, it. then yeah. Mm -hmm. And you, know, you, were with your, you were with your wife then, but not you weren't married. Yeah, because we're dating. Right. How'd you explain it to her, or did you explain it in that <laughs> kind of detail? Oh, I did not handle that very well. You didn't? <laughs> no. What? Well, I sent her a quick text saying, "Oh, fuck me, we're sinking." No. And then it's like, then I was gone and busy dealing with stuff, and it's like, uh oh. How long was it after the we're sinking test? At least until we got the boat up on the beach, close to the beach where we were handling it, and I could text her back and say, "Okay, we're fine." When you came back to the phone, how many texts? I don't know how many texts I had, but she'd already contacted my parents and my sister, and well. I think she got a hold of Casey and his dad, and I think his dad was the one that was finding out what was really going on. Well, he's got that connection. Yeah, because yeah. he's got the connection. So he's probably like, called Wilhouse okay. talking to Eddie. <laughs> no, I, I don't think our phones were working anymore because she said she tried to call after I sent that text, and it was saying the satellite is not available. So that's an even better sign. Like, oh, great, so they're nothing. I uh, I call boats like, probably oh, five times no. a week, and I bet you one one boat out of those five boats that I call, uh, their satellite's not working just for yeah. that day, yeah, or just for that. It happens a lot. It does happen, you know, because we use them to call other boats too. So and you you'll be like, you'll you get a hold of somebody and go, hey, you're trying to call them, and it's like your satellite is not available, right? You're like, so you text her, oh shit, yeah, I think the boat's sinking, yeah. Two hours, a couple hours. I don't, I don't know how long it was. It was probably even longer you were, than you that. You were busy. Yeah, I you was were, busy trying to deal with the flooding and stuff. You were busy, but you don't remember how many texts. It had to be a lot of texts, though. Yeah. I mean, she's two hours. She's already planning your funeral here. I mean, something. She's uh, not yeah. feeling good about this. No, she was not feeling good about that. It was like, oh no, I felt horrible. So about you just that. text her back. Everything's okay. <laughs> she's. Yeah, I think I called her. What an emotional roller coaster for her on that end. Yeah, that was. Not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so when you finally got a hold of her? I think... I can't remember how that all went. That was a couple of years ago. This was almost three years ago now. Uh-huh. So... But she was happy to hear that I was alive and safe right. still. <laughs> wow. I can't so, even imagine. What, we should ask her. Just yeah. record a little of what she... Wow. I just can't and imagine that... She actually came up to Seward while we were doing our shipyard up there. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of cool. She kind of got to see a little bit of what Alaska's about. Or she got to see, like, the nicest part of Alaska. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah it's beautiful, Seward. It's, well, there's, like, there's like land here. and there's trees. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's like here. You got all the pine, you know, you get out to Dutch Harbor where it's just, like, wasteland. Right. <laughs> yep, yep. So... 
Okay, well, damn, I, that was that was pretty good. Any other little nuggets you got like that when you're forgetting to tell us about? So. I mean, wow, two hours. I just can't imagine what's going through your head. I, yeah. Even when you're just talking to somebody and you get your, you're texting them and you're upset because they're not responding back to you. Yeah. But, like, I, oh I'm, shit, I'm, the boat's sinking and two hours yeah. goes by. Your your thought process has just got to be yeah. out the fucking window. I couldn't even imagine. Like just next time, don't say anything. <laughs> right? I would rather you not even say goodbye. Just right? Like, no. like, uh. All right. Well, nothing Can else we you want to add. <laughs> nothing else you want to add. No, we don't. We don't have so. to push the forty-two minutes. No. Uh, your story's your story. Yeah. We don't need to extend it or embellish it at all. But that was a uh, pretty was good addition there. <laughs> that you were just going to totally leave out. So I just want to make sure you have the opportunity to bring oh, anything thanks. else up. That you, <laughs> you got any funny Casey stories real quick? Because he's going to listen to this as soon as it uploads. Stories. Aren't you, Casey? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just leave you out of it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> We've been friends since kindergarten. I'm yeah. not going to throw him under the bus. <laughs> since kindergarten. you got to have a good story on him. But all right. Uh-huh. Well, we'll leave it at that. Uh, guys, uh, this has been another installment of Galley Stories with uh, Chief Engineer Brandon Kellogg from the Fishing Vessel Gladiator. Uh, his will come up on Monday. I don't know if it'll be October by then. Today's the 27th. I think that the first is. But uh, it, it'll be then. Well, you'll hear it when you're listening to it now. Um, yeah. And uh, if you got any questions or comments for Brandon, uh, just write <laughs> in to Galley Stories at gmail.com or mark at galleystories.net. Uh, uh, please like and share on uh, Facebook if you can. And uh, maybe we'll get Brandon and his wife to listen to their first podcast ever. Uh, so, all right, guys, uh, tune in next time. And, Brandon, thanks again for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, he says that. <laughs> He's going to run out of the boat. <laughs>